Trevor Barnes Jr. And I want to welcome you to the Slam Week of Prayer. Uh, it is just an honor to have you here with us. And I am excited about what this week has in store for us as we go through this week of prayer uh, that we've entitled Growing Together. Because uh, we as believers in St. Louis are growing together in Jesus Christ. Uh, for those of you who don't know, SLAM stands for the St. Louis Area Ministry, and uh, I'm just uh, so grateful to be your host tonight. Um, I happen to have the privilege of being uh, on the, uh, the pastor of the Northside Seventh-day Adventist Church, and uh, I, I want to... The Zoom information is in the message. The Zoom information is in the message. From, from all of our various churches, I want to uh, welcome you. Um, I have a few announcements that I want to bring. I have a few announcements that I want to bring to your um, attention. Uh, the first announcement is that we are looking for medical professionals. Uh, in our churches. Uh, we are looking to start a health clinic in St. Louis. I don't know if you know this, but in some of our churches zip codes, um, the life expectancy is up to 17 years shorter in our community surrounding our churches. And so we've got to do something about this. This is a absolute health crisis. And uh, there is a 
uh, St. Louis medical clinic team uh, that has been formed and we are uh, looking to get medical professionals to help uh, in making sure that we have a clinic going and we need the assistance of medical professionals to get their advice and also to get their assistance in making this happen. So uh, if you know someone who is uh, in the medical field, uh, I'm asking that you please contact your pastor of whatever church you're at, please contact your pastor so that uh, we can get a list of these medical professionals and get this ministry going. Um, also, just want to uh, encourage you to send out uh, the, the, the link to this message, uh, YouTube, Facebook. Please send out the link so that everyone can participate in it. Don't just have the blessing yourself. I know this week is going to be amazing. I know this week is going to be a powerful time in the Holy Ghost. And I just encourage you to send the link out to somebody. Um, we just want you to know that we're starting every night. 7 p.m. sharp, except for Thursday night. So every night this week, except for Thursday night. And we're closing out the uh, week of prayer with communion together. Uh, because you know what? Slam is really special because we say that we are one church, but we're in five different locations. And, and so as one church, we want to come together uh, to have fellowship and to have communion together. I encourage you to see your, uh, your, your pastors about uh, being able to get your communion emblems. Uh, look, tonight's speaker is none other than the pastor of the Agape Seventh-day Adventist Church, and that is Pastor Keith Hackle Jr. Uh, I just want to tell you about him real quick. Um, just want to tell you about him real quick, and, and, and that is that Pastor Hackle was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, where he developed a passion for community service and empowering families. In 2007, his family joined the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And in 2011, Pastor Hackle felt a call to ministry and he enrolled in the Theological Seminary at Andrews University. He eventually graduated with a Master's in Divinity with an emphasis in African-American studies. And while Pastor Hackle is thankful for his academic accomplishments, he deems accepting Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior as his greatest success. Pastor Hackle and his family are products of evangelism, which is why he proclaims with confidence that evangelism works when the followers of Christ choose to work. Pastor Hackle has, has the distinct privilege of pastoring the Agape Seventh-day Adventist Church, and also he serves as the community service director for our conference. He believes that we're living in the most critical time of the gospel message to be proclaimed, and it's the responsibility of every true believer to do their part. Uh, Pastor Hackle has been married to the former Nashina Evans for 16 years, and he counts it as an honor and privilege to parent their son and daughter who are in 12th and 11th grade, respectively. Pastor Hackle's favorite verse is found in Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And he is awaiting this moment 
with great excitement. We're about to pray now, and I ask that you pray with me. Uh, after the prayer, you're going to hear a song. And after that song, the next voice that you will hear is none other than that of Pastor Keith Hackle Jr. Let's go to God together uh, in prayer at this time. Bow with me wherever you are. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are uh, just so thankful for this week of prayer. Father, we need um, a, a spiritual revival. Uh, Father, as I told my church during our 10 days of prayer, we need a spiritual shot in the arm every now and then. And Father, I pray that this week of prayer would be the shot in the arm for the St. Louis area churches and those who else, uh, everyone else who is watching across the world. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would just anoint your manservant from the top of his head to the sole of his feet so that the words that he speak would touch every heart with power. Uh, Lord, we're also praying uh, for uh, those who are discouraged, those who are beaten down by life. Father, I pray that they would be picked up in knowing that we serve a God that is able. We are more than able to deal with the challenges and, and, and trials that come our way. Father, you told us no temptation hath taken us but that which is common to man, but you are faithful, that you will always make a way of escape. And so, Father, we pray that those who are in trial, those who are beat down, would, would, would feel that way of escape, that you would make a way for your people. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would strengthen us, that you would keep us, that you would uphold us with your righteous hand. And Father, we pray that as we go through this week of prayer, that it would build every night. To, so, so that we uh, would be on fire and pumped up and ready to go just for you. Father, we ask these things and we dare not end this prayer with ask, without asking the forgiveness of our sins. In the name of Jesus the Christ, we do pray. Loving you always. Amen.
team is growing together. Our task, my task for tonight, uh, is to lead us through a discussion on, on a focus of community. And I just want to let you know, I'm looking forward to having a great time this week. I'm even looking forward to having a great time tonight. But before we get into the word, I want to ask you to bow your head with me as we pray. Uh, I do believe that without the help of my Heavenly Father, if I try to do this by myself, I will fall flat on my face. So come on, family. Uh, let's take the time and pray and ask our Heavenly Father to bless us this evening. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for um, this week of prayer, this opportunity to gather together as church family. Uh, we, we say this many, many times, Lord, and we desire for it to be a reality, not just something that we say, but, but that we are one church with five locations. And so, Lord, as we go throughout this week, as we take this time to worship together, Lord, I pray that you will bless us. I pray that even tonight, Lord, you will open our minds and help us to conceive what it is that you have to say to us. Uh, I pray, Lord, that you will open our hearts and help us to receive it. Uh, I pray, Lord, that you will be with our hands as you tell us what you want us to do. Uh, I pray that you will be with our feet as you tell us where to go. I believe there's some change that's going to happen. And, and I believe that you will be with our lives, Lord, and tell us what to speak. And in times, Lord, where we need to say nothing, help us to keep our mouths closed. Lord, I'm praying that you be with me, your son. As I deliver this message tonight, Lord, I pray that you be with my nerves. I pray that if there's anything that's in this message that you, in my notes, that you don't want me to share, that you will blot out, give me spiritual life on them. And, and Lord, if there's something that you do want me to say that's not in my notes, I pray that you will download it uh, on the spot to me, Lord. May this experience, this gathering together, may, may we be edified. May you be glorified, Lord. May this be a foundation set for the great work that we're going to do uh, across this area as a slam family. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Uh, as I mentioned, y'all, uh, and, and I want to just let you know, I, I want to have fun. Uh, you can see tonight I got short sleeves on. Uh, the other preachers gave me the, the opportunity to just come and just, listen, I'm with family. And so this is how I dress when I'm with family. I, I want us to have a good time as family. Uh, as the pastor, having the privilege of pastoring agape, uh, we try to have a good time. We try to laugh. We try to love on each other. And that's what we want to do tonight. But we also have to be real. We also have to be able to have some real conversations. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. Uh, as we look at growing together, that's our theme for this week. As we look at uh, the focus for community, that's our task for tonight. I want to invite you to go with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. And we're just going to read a couple of verses. We're going to look at uh, the life of someone that you all are familiar with, the life of a young man by the name of Joseph. Yep, that Joseph. That, that Joseph that was uh, the son of Jacob, that Joseph uh, who had many brothers, that Joseph who was sold into slavery, uh, who found himself working in Potiphar's house, uh, doing well, if you will, and then found himself accused of rape and thrown in prison, that Joseph who found himself uh, in prison but then promoted as a prisoner uh, to be a leader over all of the other prisoners, that Joseph uh, who eventually was released and, and was elevated again in the kingdom, that Joseph 
uh, who ushered in Israel's transition uh, from where they were to their time in Egypt. We're talking about that Joseph today. And, and I believe that with all that Joseph was able to do as he shared his advice on how to, to preserve life in the midst of a difficult situation, all that Joseph experienced, I believe, has to be viewed against the backdrop uh, of the environment in which he grew up. And, and I want to say not just the environment that he grew up, but I believe that we have to consider it as it relates to his community. Come on, we're going somewhere. Uh, I, I do believe today that, that there is a community that we often overlook, our first community, that plays a big impact on who we are even today. I mean, it doesn't matter if you are an actor. It doesn't matter if you're a rapper. It doesn't matter if you're a politician. It doesn't matter if you're... Uh, a, a writer, uh, at the end of the day, when individuals ask you about your life, uh, there, there will come a time when they will ask you where you're from, the community in which you grew up. And, and the reason why they're asking this is because they want to know how that community that you come from contributed to who you are today. And, and I would just want to say this again in case you missed it. Your first community is your family. Your first community is your home. And, and it is in this first community that you are expected to learn certain things that help you be effective in your broader community. It is here that you are supposed to find the protection that you need uh, uh, away from the ills of the broader community. But however, there are times when individuals, especially Joseph, find themselves not finding that support that they need in that first community to help them be effective in that broader community. Come on, y'all. Let's go here to the Bible. I just want to ask you to read with me. We're in Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 through 4. We're going to have a good time tonight. The Bible says, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now, Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. Verse 2. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report, oh my goodness, of them to his father. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of what? Y'all know this story, his old age. Also, he made a tunic or a coat, some virgins may say, of many colors. We're almost done, verse 4. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably with him. I, I just want to say for a moment, that's enough. Uh, we, we can chew on just those four verses today as, as we talk about community. Uh, listen, the, this, the story begins to tell us that at this time, Joseph was 17 years old. Joseph's out working in the field as a shepherd with his brothers. Uh, he's out there with the sons of Zilpah and Bilhah. Now, now it's important to understand that, that these individuals were, were the sons, not of his aunt slash stepmother Leah, uh, but these were the children of Bilhah and Zilpah who were the handmaids of his mother and his aunt slash stepmother. Uh, and so they're out here now working. That, that's already 
toxic environment. We don't have time to go into that. But, but this is the community in which he lives. He's out here with them and he's working. And he sees them doing some things that are not okay. And he brings this report back to dad. And that causes a problem. But I submit to you that it's not just this encounter that we have to consider. But we have to consider some of the early encounters that Joseph has had in this community in which he lives. This first community, his family, that contribute to the issues that he is going to face later on in life. Uh, this same Joseph had heard about not only his father having children by other women, but, but he had heard about even his older brother having sex with one of the women who had given birth to his father's children. Oh my goodness. We're talking about the effects of the community. And not only this, but when he had gotten to a time or a place in his life by the age of 17, where, where he had experienced the death of his mother while giving birth to his younger brother. Uh, not only that, but, but he had seen the, the look of anxiety, uh, the, the look of stress on his father's face as he prepared his family early in the morning to leave away from his grandfather Laban's house without his grandfather knowing. And he experienced the stress and the worry as Laban began to chase his family down. We're talking about the effects of the community. And not only that, but he had saw the look on his father's face, the look of concern and worry as his father began to section off his family, his wives and his children in preparation to meet his uncle, his uncle Esau again. And so not only that, when he had seen uh, uh, and probably consoled his sister as she came back and gave the report of being raped and he had probably seen his brothers come back with their their, their blood-stained clothing as they had gone out and, and re retaliated for, for the ills that were done to their sister. And so he probably saw Levi and he probably saw Simeon coming back with the blood of Shechem and, and the rest and Haman and the rest Hamer and the rest of the guys that had been killed as a result. And he had probably been told, hey, you need to stay home because you're too young to come with us as his brothers went out to raid the land of, of Shechem and Hammer and the rest of the individuals who had been killed as a result of the situation. This is all of what's going on in his life, the, the effects of the community that are weighing on Joseph all before he gets to the point of Genesis chapter 37 where we find out that he's just 17 years old. He had the chance for the first time in his life to meet his grandfather Isaac right before he died at 180 years old. He heard about his cousins, the children of Esau and how they were from a mixed population and how he needed to steer clear of them because they came from a different environment. And by the time that Joseph was 17 years old, the community that he lived in had shown him a lot. He had experienced life at this time on an amazing level. And as we pick up in chapter 37, and as we begin to see what Joseph uh, is going through and what he's going to go through as the rest 
Genesis unfolds, I'm so glad that even though Joseph grew up in an environment that was toxic, in a community that was toxic, even though he had seen all of these bad examples, I'm so glad that when we get to chapter 37, the Bible doesn't say that Joseph was crazy, conniving, or corrupted. I'm so glad that it doesn't say that he allowed his negative community to cause him to act negatively. And, and I just want to stop here for a moment. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to unmute yourself. You don't have to send in a text and you don't have to put this in the chat. But I just want to ask you for a moment. How many of us, like Joseph, have grown up in toxic first communities? I'm talking about the home in which you grew up, you grew up in. How many of us experience situations in our community, that first community, that has that have traumatized us even to this day? How, how many of us have used what we experienced in our early life as a license to continue to be honorary even to this day? How many of us haven't talked to our family members in years because of some of the things that happened in our community? How many of us use the temporary permit to encounter negative experiences now as a license to continue to be miserable for the rest of our lives? I'm so glad that Joseph said, I don't have to look like what I've been through and I don't have to act like who I've been around. I'm so glad that Joseph said my community may be messed up, but that won't mess me up. And though Joseph had experienced some difficult things in his life, I'm so glad that the Bible says that that brother still knew the difference between right and wrong. And he didn't allow the bad examples that he had experienced from the individuals around him to begin embracing a bad lifestyle. Oh my goodness, I told y'all this is about to get good. And so the Bible says, the Bible says that, that Joseph now has brought this report back to his father about and, and, and that created some, some, some issue between him and his brothers. But, but then we're going to look at, and to add insult to injury, the Bible says that his dad makes him a coat of many colors. And then and, and the Bible says that, that having seen how their father treated Joseph and the reality that Joseph's treatment was different from the treatment that they were receiving, the Bible says it's there in the text, verse 4. Look at this with me. We're, we're still in chapter 37 of Genesis. The, the Bible says that they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Oh, my goodness. I, I, can't, I can't let us miss this thing right here. The Bible says that they could not speak peacefully to him and peaceably to him. And if you go look at this thing in the Hebrew, you will see that the word used there is shalom. Uh, shalom means peace. Shalom means well-being. Shalom means prosperity. Shalom means wholeness. Shalom means completeness. Shalom means tranquility. Uh, any of you who've taken the time to have a conversation with me on the phone, uh, as I come to know you better, as I hang up the phone, I will say peace. And what I'm saying to you is I want you to be well. I want you to be prosperous. I want you to be whole. I want you to be complete. I want you to have tranquility in your life. But what the text says, that the situation was so toxic in the community in which Joseph was living that the individuals couldn't they, they, they couldn't tell him hey man go go forth and be great they couldn't tell him man I want you to be well they couldn't tell him man I want you to prosper they couldn't tell him man I want you to be whole I'm talking about these are his brothers in the community in which he's growing up in and they have a hard time yay even an inability to tell this brother something good that's how toxic the environment was the community was 
explosives happen are dreams that come from God. Come on, y'all. And, and a God that we like reading the word. Uh, and so I just want to ask you, read these, read these verses with me, 5 through 11. Now, Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheep arose and stood upright. And indeed, your sheep stood all around and bowed down to my sheep. Hey, y'all, come on, y'all. Hey, 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 Pastor Apple, my members will tell you, Pastor Apple is silly sometimes. And I'm, I'm just reading, like, yo, like, check this out. He's with his brother. They already don't like him. And so I imagine, like, they, they're chilling out one day, and he's like, yo, no, 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 I had a dream. And they all intent, like, they, they're listening, they're like, tell us your dream, man, we want to hear it. And, and, and I can imagine they're sitting there and they're listening, and he's like, yo, in my dream, uh, we were out, you know, doing the work that we do. My sheep stood up, though. My sheep was there, and, and y'all sheep bowed down. And it's like, yo, we just took the time to listen to you tell us that, that you're going to be greater than us. Are you serious? Uh, and, and so the Bible, <laughs> the Bible said that in verse 8, and his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So check this out. They hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then, and it doesn't stop there, it gets better. Come on, let's keep reading. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So, so the first, first time he comes to his brothers and he's like, yo, uh, I had a dream and, and I'm going to be better than y'all. Uh, and now he comes back and, and now it's the sun, the moons, and, and the stars. And this now affects not just the brothers, right? But now dad is affected by this. Dad is like, check out what, check out, check out what his father said. So he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Man, you don't lost your mind. Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. And, and I just want to say for a moment, I don't have time to go into it, but, but, but that statement right there that his father kept this thing in mind, uh, this should ring a bell uh, as you think about the life of Jesus Christ. And, and it's mentioned that Mary had experienced some, had some encounters with Jesus, you know, that time where he stayed back home, uh, that time where they go to the temple to offer him up, uh, these, these prophecies that are given. And, and it says Mary uh, kept those things in mind, she held those things inside. And so even though dad is hearing this and he responds, like he's considering uh, what is being said. But but as I'm reading this, I'm like, yo, man, you talking about insult to injury. Like, he's telling on us, which makes us think that he thinks he's better than us. Father, my father gives him a coat of many colors, which means dad thinks he's better than us. And now you're telling me that, that this brother is getting dreams from God? That, that, that are telling him that he's going to be better than us. Uh, and, and I have to say this, y'all. We got we got to be honest today. If we're going to really be family, if we're going to grow closer together, we got to be able to be honest with each other. Come on, y'all. Can we be honest and say that there are times in our lives where some people don't like us because of what God has done for us or through us. Come on, I'm going to be honest. If you can't be honest, I'm going to be honest with you today. Uh, like, like some of y'all on the line have been so excited about the fact that COVID has been here for the last year. And I'm going to tell you why you've been excited. Because you haven't had to make up an excuse for not showing up to the family gatherings that you don't want to be at. 
you like, man, I don't care how long COVID stay around. Like, like, like whenever they call and be like, yo, we thinking about doing this, you like, nah, I got, you know, COVID still out there. I ain't got my vaccine yet. Uh, I, I ain't gonna be able to participate. Not this time. Come on, y'all. They tell the truth and shake the devil. So, so, so here's the thing, like, and, and the reason why sometimes you don't want to go is because in that environment, they make you feel some type of way for being a Christian sometimes. They make you feel some type of way uh, for being committed to serving God. They make you feel some type of way for, for not still doing some of the things that maybe you used to do in the past. Uh, and so you're like, man, I, I love the fact but, but that, that COVID is around because now I don't have to put up with all of the stress and the anxiety and the frustration of, of not being accepted in the community in which I am for just simply wanting to serve God. That there are some of you who come from families, come on, let's be honest today, where members don't like you because of how you look. And it's crazy, it, like, like, like you had the opportunity when you were a baby, or, or a toddler, or, or still in, 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 in early grade school. You had the opportunity, like you had the opportunity to go and pick your face, or, or to go pick your hair, or, or to go pick your body shape, right? Like, like individuals are like, oh, she thinks she's better than everybody because she's cute. She thinks she like, like, listen, like this, this is what God has done. You didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are individuals in your family, in some of our families, in our communities, right, that, that, that are supposed to support us and encourage us. There, there are some individuals in our families who be like, yo, he think he's better than everybody because he drives a certain car or because he lives in a certain house or, or because he makes a certain income. Like, like, you're supposed to go to your supervisor and be like, hey, listen, uh, I want this job, but don't pay me what I'm supposed to be compensated in this particular job because individuals are going to feel some type of way if I'm making a lot of money and able to buy some things. Uh, so, so, so don't pay me what I'm worth. Don't pay me what I deserve. Uh, or pay me a lot less. Is that what you're supposed to do? Like, there's some individuals who be like, yo, uh, uh, they think they better than everybody but because they got degrees and because they went to school. They think they're smart. They think they know everything. Like, like so I guess you're supposed to go and get a degree, right? And tell the school, hey, give me the degree, but I'm not going to learn anything. Uh, or, or maybe you're supposed to put in the work and, and, and pass all the classes, but then not retain what it is that you learn. And, and you're not supposed to continue your education even after you get out of a school of academia. Come on, y'all. Like, like, there are some individuals who, who, who hate you, who don't like you, because not so much of what you've done, but, but because of what God has done for you or what God is doing through you. Like, like there are some people who don't like the fact that your father has provided for you. And, and this is what Joseph is going through, y'all. Joseph is experiencing a situation where, where he is disliked, not because of what he's done per se, but because God is now affirming what it is that, that he, listen, man, this thing is good, y'all. But, but, but listen, if we're going to be honest about our biological family, we got to be honest about our spiritual family. Like, like if we really going to be a solid community, we can't just say that these types of things only happen in communities where we have a biological connection. We got to be honest that, that this type of uh, backbiting, this type of uh, lack of support, and this tearing down, and th like this happens even in spiritual communities. Can we be honest with that? Like, like okay, so, so y'all ain't going to be honest. I just want to ask you. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to send nothing in the chat. Like, like I just want to ask you. Have you ever heard someone say, 
Why we always gotta have the pro the programs over there? Why can't we have a pro I'm not going. Why we always gotta go over there? Why we always gotta go over to their church? Come on, y'all, let's be up. And so 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 y'all ain't never heard nobody say, hold on, so 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 if they're in the top five in time in the conference, then let them cover all of the costs. Come on, come on, y'all. Come on, come on, come on. So so y'all ain't heard nobody say, why the president always speaking over there? Why, why the president always spending time over there? Come on, y'all, be honest in this play, y'all. Listen, we talk about being a, a, a solid community. We talk about growing closer together. In order for us to do that, we got to be honest in this place. So, so you ain't never heard nobody say, yo, why they always, why they people always sing in the program? Why, why they always got to be the ones singing and leading now? Come on, y'all, even even in our church family. They, 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 why? So, so, one more. You, you've never heard anybody say, they don't like us over there. So since they don't like us over there, we ain't going over there. That there is something, family, that needs to be understood as we consider the text, the, the early part of Joseph's life, his encounter with his community. That there is something that God saw that was going to happen. There's something that Joseph shared. There is something that Jacob considered. But there is something that his brothers overlooked. As they considered the dreams that Joseph shared, they began focusing, help me Holy Spirit, they began focusing on the fact that Joseph was elevated above them. But what they missed, what God saw, what Joseph shared, what Jacob considered, what they missed is that Joseph's elevation would lead to the preservation or the preserving of the family, the community. Like, yeah, these going to be lifted up. But, but check this out, y'all. They, they focused on the fact that they were going to be lower than Joseph. They, they focused on the fact that in the dream, Joseph's position was higher than them. But, but what they missed was that Joseph's elevated position was going to be used to pull them up. And, and so it's important for us if we truly want to be a community. We have to understand that sometimes God is going to use individuals that are a part of our community and elevate them, and he's not elevating them to make us feel bad or to belittle us or to make us feel worthless, but he's saying, I'm going to use the elevation of this individual to elevate, to lift up the entire community, but by his brothers missed it, and I submit to you, we miss it, and so because they missed it, they decided to get rid of the dreamer to ultimately prevent the dream. Oh my goodness. And as I'm reading this, can I just be honest today? As I'm considering this, and, and we know, we know how it all worked out. We know how it all worked out. We know that God, you know, he came through, he blessed him. You know, God, God allowed for Joseph to go through these difficult times and, and he elevated Joseph and eventually, you know, they had to come and ask for food and, you know, he asked for his brothers uh, to, to, to come and to stay with him and they end up getting a, a place and, and it all worked out, y'all. But what I'm saying is, why does it always have to go that route? Like, like why are we always 
got to go the route of hardship, difficulty, stress. Why do we always have to go negativity? Why do we, why, why, why do I have to leave home, leave my community in order to be accepted? And why is it that if I stay in my community, I have to be content with being malnourished? Come on, come on, come on. Let, let, let's be honest today. Why is it that when something happens in my house, right? I need a repair. I, I need something, whether it's on my physical house or it's on my car. Why is it that when I need assistance, especially as it relates to my house, though, that I have to call someone outside of the community when there are master carpenters inside of the slam community? And, and why is it that, that if I call someone from inside the community, that I expect them to take less for the job that they're doing than I would have paid their competitor. And why is it that if I get a call from someone inside the community, the quality of work that I do for the individuals inside the community is less than the quality of work that I would have done for someone outside of you. Why is it that we can't pass down wealth instead of worry? Why is it that we can't pass down success instead of sickness? Why is it that we can't pass down grace instead of grudges? Why is it that we can't pass down motivation instead of mistreatment? Why do we give off the message to individuals that are coming in that if they're going to be a part of our community, that they have to be comfortable with being a part of a run-down community? Why isn't it that we can't come together? Why can't we come together and rebuild our community? I'm serious, y'all. This is what I'm wondering. Like, like, why is it that we, we, we conditioned ourselves to believe that, that anybody who wants to be a part of our community has to become comfortable with being in a toxic community? Why can't we, come on y'all, listen, I'm serious, why can't we rebuild our community? Why can't we start this thing afresh? Why can't we do something? Listen, listen, when Joseph invited Israel to Egypt, Joseph was inviting them into a new experience. They came, now of course they had the same work that they would do. He's like, listen, y'all gonna go and y'all gonna get the best of the land. Yo, y'all gonna be able to do whatever y'all wanna do. Y'all gonna be able to go and flourish. Like, like we're not operating here. We're not, we're not moving in the way that we used to operate over there. Like, like there's no big eyes and little U's, right? Like, at the end of the day, we family. Like, I'm going to make sure y'all taken care of. And despite what, like, like, I understand. This is what Joseph was saying. He's like, I understand. Like, y'all did what y'all did, but I recognize that God sent me here. Y'all know he says this in the text. He's like, God sent me here to preserve your life. God has, God worked this thing out. But, but when y'all come here, we're not moving the way that we used to move. And I submit to y'all, listen, it's time. 
slam family. It's time for us to say, listen, I know that's how I used to be in the past, but we're not moving the way we used to move. We're not doing the stuff that we used to do. We're not operating the way that we used to operate. We're not carrying the same grudges that we've been carrying for generations. It's not going to continue to be that this family don't like that family. It's not going to continue to be that I don't want to be around you and you're not going to be like, like we're going to be. It's no, no, no more of that. Because here's the thing that we got to understand. St. Louis is waiting on us to get activated. God desires for us to go out and turn this city upside down. We are one church, five locations. There is no way that there are individuals who should still not know about Jesus Christ. There is no way that there should be individuals in our community who are not being fed. There is no way that our education system should still be suffering. There is no way that individuals who are, who are married should be experiencing high levels of divorce. There is no way with us being in the community that our community should be suffering because God has called us and equipped us to do a great work for a time such as this. Joseph said we're going to start all over. We're going to build a new community. And as I consider Joseph in his situation, I'm sure as you're reading this, as you're hearing it, you can't help but think about Jesus. And Jesus' situation. And when Jesus comes and gets his disciples, right, and, and, and he's walking with them, and he's living with them. Come on, Matthew chapter 28, we know this. Matthew chapter 28, we know that Jesus, before he lives, leaves, he gives them a great commission. He tells them, hey, this is, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go forth. I want you to preach. I want you to teach individuals what, what I taught you. Don't continue teaching the bad stuff that has been taught that hasn't helped anybody. Mm-mm. When Paul, when Paul goes to the council, right, because there's an issue where individuals are like, yo, we need to be circumcised individuals. Paul like, yo, like, like, they stand up and say, yo, why are we putting on these new converts the things that us or our fathers weren't able to fulfill? Come on, it's in the text. And Jesus says, listen, when you go out, I want you to teach, I want you to teach individuals to observe all that I've taught you. Don't keep carrying that old stuff with you. I want you to go out, I want you to baptize individuals. I want you to bring them into the fall. I want you to, to, to make new disciples and, and know this. I'm with you always. Matthew 28, 19 to 20. No, I'm with you always, even to the end of the day. But Jesus is saying to his disciples, and I believe that he's saying to us right now, it is time to rebuild the community. He tells them in John 13. John 13, John 13 verse 35. By this, individuals will know that you are my disciples. Not by your ability to name all the books in the Bible. Not because you show up early for Sabbath school. Not because you read Ellen White's writings and are able to quote them every time you do a presentation. Not because you give the most tithe. Not because you're a member of the biggest church. He says, this is how individuals will know that you are my disciples. Because you will have love one for another. We're going we to rebuild. We're going to redo this community. One church. Five locations. We can make a difference. And I, and I submit to you. That as pastors, we, we're trying. We're, the, the, the focus of this week of prayer. To grow together, to come together as a family. That, that, and that starts with us as pastors. As pastors, we have to be able to, to be moving together as a unit, to encourage our churches to move together as a unit. And we need you all as church members to keep us accountable. When you see us getting off track, keep us accountable. Let, let, let's rebuild this community. We have a chance to create a new community. Sure, I understand you come from a, a toxic environment. 
mind. You've gone through some difficulty in your life. You're still dealing with some of those issues. But, but here's the thing. I, I'm talking about a community where my success is celebrated and is looked at as your success. And your success is celebrated and looked at as my success. And though individuals may come from a toxic, biological community, they can come and feel safe in our spiritual community. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have disagreements. It doesn't mean that when I disagree that I don't like you. It just means that I see things from a different perspective. And it, 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 it's good for me to have a different perspective because as we go out into the field, we're going, to record, we're going to encounter individuals with different backgrounds and different perspectives. I'm talking about a community where though we may have been made sick from the community in which we grew up in, we can receive healing from the community in which we joined. I can't wait, y'all. I'm so excited about this week of prayer. I'm so excited about what's going to unfold, but, but I'm so excited about what's going to happen after this. If we, the slam community, come together to finish the work, to glorify our Heavenly Father, to edify the communities in which we serve, oh, what a great day it will be. Are you willing to join me? Are you willing to take part in this? I hope your answer is yes. And I hope, I hope that we live it out and just don't let it be words. And maybe, just maybe, I'm just a dreamer. Maybe, just maybe, this is too tough for us. If you feel that way, I want to encourage you to challenge God. To not just soften your heart, but to soften the hearts of the rest of the family. That we may believe that he's able to do beyond what we can even think or imagine. That we will be willing to boldly walk into the new community. That he might be glorified. And this city might be edified. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for the encouragement that you give each and every one of us. And I thank you so much for the invitation that you gave us not to just uh, live life, but to have life more abundantly. I thank you for um, the Slam family. And I pray, Lord, that, that, that each one of us will receive this message tonight and, and really consider what we can do to, to help the dream become a reality. Lord, we know that there's been some hurt. We know that there's been some difficulties. We know that there's been some frustrating times. But we also know that you are calling us to something different, something better. Help us, Lord, to heed your call and to apply what we can apply that we might receive and experience what you desire for us to experience. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. All right, family. Thank you all so much for being with us tonight. I want to let you know that this is just night one. Tomorrow, there's another night. There's a powerful word that is coming. 
My brother, Pastor Trevor Barnes, is going to be preaching tomorrow. I want to encourage you to invite your friends. Make sure that you're present as well each and every day this week except for Thursday. And then we're going to close out on Sabbath with communion. You all be blessed, and we look forward to speaking with you soon. All right. Amen. Amen. And amen. What a word. What a word. I know I was blessed this evening. Uh, and if you're blessed wherever you are in the chat, uh, just go ahead and just uh, put that you were blessed. Um, I, I, I saw uh, some people uh, putting some things in the chat on um, on uh, uh, Facebook and also on Zoom. And so we, we've just been blessed. I want to thank my brother, Pastor Hackle. Uh, for that amazing word. I mean, th there's just some things uh, that just stood out to me, some, some, some amazing quotes from his sermon um, uh, uh, that, that they, they, they tried to get rid of the dreamer to stop the dream. What, 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 what a quote, what a quote. Um, that, that our success should be celebrated in the community. I hope you believe that, uh, family, that, that we've got to celebrate each other. We got to stop this crabs in a bucket mentality, and we've got to push people up instead of tearing them down. What a word, what a word. I want to let you know uh, that uh, tomorrow night, uh, yours truly is going to be uh, speaking. So I just want to invite you to be here tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Uh, for our next night of the Slam Week of Prayer as we grow together as a community. I pray that you meditate on this word. It, it, it was very powerful. Meditate on this word and take it with you for uh, the next 24 hours uh, and pray on the things that we heard because I believe we'll grow together as we do that. Um, at, uh, we're about to close out this evening, but uh, as we close out, I just want to remind you uh, that uh, SLAM uh, is an organization, if, if you could just put up that, that giving slide uh, for me real quick, uh, thank you so much. J just, just want you to be aware that for the past, uh, I believe it's few years, uh, SLAM has really been operating without a budget. That is because SLAM is really funded by the dues from our churches. And, and those dues go to support um, seminars and trainings, uh, bringing in uh, speakers uh, for the trainings that we do in SLAM. And, and so because we haven't done that, we're just asking that you just give. Uh, it, uh, the spirit is moving on your heart tonight. I'm just asking that you give. You can give via cash app. And uh, the cash app handle is dollar sign S-L-A-M-S-T-L. I'm going to say that one more time. Dollar sign S-L-A-M-S-T-L to give to SLAM so that we can continue to do joint ministry together in the St. Louis area. I want to remind you that we're are going every night except for Thursday night, and we are having joint communion on uh, Saturday evening. I'm just really excited about what God is going to do, and uh, we're going to close out our time together with a word of prayer at this point. Let's go to God together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this word tonight. Uh, Father, we pray that uh, we as a community, in our families, in our church, Lord, on the job, wherever it may be. Father, we pray that 
we would always lift up and not tear each other down. Uh, Father, I pray that we would, uh, that the, the things that are in our heart that, you, that would cause us to uh, think that we're less than because of what you're doing to our neighbor, may that be removed, that jealousy, that, that envy, Father, let it be removed, Father. We're, we we, we, we want to celebrate what you're doing to our neighbor, because if you're doing something to our neighbor, Father, that simply means that you're in our neighborhood, and we know that the blessing is on the way for us. And so, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that, that, that you would continue to be with us throughout this week. Father, we're praying for your moving. We're praying for your power to uh, move on the, the, the people in St. Louis. Father, we want to do your work. We want to take this gospel to the community. We want to heal the sick. We want to clothe the naked. We want to minister to the widow. We want to pick up those who have broken hearts. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would empower us to do your will. And then, Father, till tomorrow night, we pray that you keep all of us safe and then bring us back tomorrow night at 7 p.m. to be able to hear the word of God and to pray together one more time. This is our earnest desire that we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you all until tomorrow night as we continue to grow together.